0: Hey, gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Thanks, Jacent. Hi, everyone. My name is Giovanna, but I'm known as the first-gen mentor on TikTok. A lot of people call me Gigi. I'm a first-generation American, a first-generation college graduate, and a first-generation wealth builder. I recently joined the Great Resignation. I equipped my corporate nine-to-five to to pivot to a new career. So now I am a full-time financial educator, and I am a TikTok influencer. So on my TikTok account, I post videos on career tips and personal finance for my followers.
0: Wow. So it sounds like you've had some huge shifts recently. Congratulations. Thank you. I think are in order, it sounds like. Um, And I would love to hear about, you know, obviously being first gen comes with so many unique experiences. How is it that you went from, you know, obviously it being your personal experience to sharing about it? What was, what was it that made you want to, you know, be a mentor and talk and educate and support other people?
1: Uh, a couple of things. I would say, number one, uh, just for my own education, just not seeing, you know, stories that reflected my experience as a first generation American. So, you know, to learn about money, I just really immersed myself in personal finance by reading books. I read probably over fifty personal finance books at this point. And um yeah, just a lot of them didn't really speak to. The unique challenges that I've had to face as a Mexican-American woman, uh, for example, you know, I've had a lot of struggles and having to navigate financial boundaries with my family because, you know, there's an expectation in the Mexican culture for uh, that financial assistance to be provided. And um, it's, it's quite different the way that things are managed here in America. So I've had to navigate both cultures to, you know, figure out what's going to work best for me. Um So, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of many examples I can think of. But just not seeing my story represented made me want to get involved because I just figured if it's if I feel this way, there's more people that have to feel this way, too. So um, I just started putting out content on TikTok uh, and and it resonated with people. and, And people were like, yeah, I didn't realize that other people had to deal with this, too. I thought it was just me.
0: Wow. I love that. And those are, you know, it's a, what's the saying? Necessity breeds invention, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So your experience and the lack of seeing anyone else for you to be able to be mentored by or to be able to get information from um, is what helped you to say, well, let me start putting stuff out just to see if anyone else, you know, needs this information just in case. And it sounds like it's turned into its own thing, which is really cool. Um Now, you mentioned unique challenges and one of them sounding like a little bit like boundaries. What other do you think, you know, challenges do first gen youth or young people, millennials maybe face when it comes to personal finance that that they think is just them? But it's like it's common to like a lot of first gen people.
1: I mean, obviously, the the lack of education within the community, um, I think it stems from a couple of reasons, right? So obviously, we don't learn um, personal finance in K through 12. We don't really learn it in college either. I was an econ major, and I didn't graduate knowing any of this stuff. Um, And then we also don't get to learn it at home because, you know, our parents are immigrants. So they're just kind of tasked with, like, bringing us to this country and, and surviving and getting food on the table. So they don't really have the space to learn how to master the game, you know, so as, as first generations, we're really the first ones to have an opportunity to not just survive, but thrive and and do better than our parents did um, and and build wealth. But because our parents don't have that knowledge and because they didn't teach us at school, like there's just that huge gap for us. Um, so for a long time, I thought that I was doing good. I was like paying my bills on time, like making my minimum payments. I'm like, I'm good. Like, you know, the lights are still on, like I have food on the table. What's the problem? But, you know, just meeting people through different walks of life that came from different backgrounds and also from reading about personal finance, I started learning like, okay, just, you know, paying the bills is on time is the bare minimum. Like you're supposed to be um, you know, increasing your net worth over time. and and that's not something that I have been paying attention to because I didn't know I was supposed to, you know, so um, that could be one thing. Um, another thing is just because of the lack of the education, I feel like there tends to be like a lot of um, misinformation just about about how to manage money best or how to, build wealth. You know, I know in my family, a lot of people think that, you know, the biggest marker of, of success in building wealth would be to own a home when, you know, now that I know about money, I see it as, as an expense, not really as a as a, an asset. The same thing about a car, you know, they really, uh, I, I speak from my experience with my family, they they really, you know, are looking for what kind of car are you driving today, what what kind of car did you roll up in, you know, so if you're not meeting their expectation based on the car you drive, you know, oh, you must not be doing that well, when really there should be a focus on, you know, investment accounts and rental properties and that sort of thing that can really, you know, increase somebody's uh, wealth. Yeah, I love
0: that. And what I think is really important is to note that there have been these challenges for decades, right? But the internet was not the way that it is now. So there wasn't like TikTok, right? You know, Mm 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago when there were still first gen people who were dealing with this lack of education and information around how to build wealth. And so it's, it's wild because we're in a day and age where it's so much easier in some ways to be able to get access to the information, but now it's sorting through all of the information to make sure that it's not inform- uh, misinformation um, and that it's credible and actually going to be applicable and helpful for for a person to be able to, to do it in their own life. So you said you've read a whole bunch of personal finance books. What are your top recommendations, would you say?
1: It depends on... Who's asking? Because I have read so many, I can kind of tell you, okay, based on your personality or based on where you are in life or your education level, you should look for this one. But I would say for beginners, I always point beginners to I will teach you to be rich. And I actually had a book giveaway on Instagram um, last week and, and I gave away that book and I had so many people enter the contest. I was not expecting that many people over like, you know, a $7 a book. It's not that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was only going to give away 10 copies, uh, but because it has so much interest, I gave away an additional 10. Uh, but, but I like that one just because, um, I think that the way—have you read that book by any chance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like it. I'm a fan of it. I just think that the way that he writes is just like really sarcastic and kind of funny. And to me, I remember when I read that book at 21, it was just very easy for me to digest and and not be, you know, shamed for my money habits or money mistakes. Uh, So uh, that's kind of my go-to. But the one that really caused my awakening was called uh, "Smart Women Finish Rich." So that's David Bach, which I've read a couple of his books now, but. Um, I love that one because that was the first book that just really showed me that this whole money thing and, you know, investment accounts and Roth IRAs and high yield savings accounts, all these things. They're really just a tool to really live the life that you want according to the values that are important to you. And um, out of the money books that I had heard about or read about, none of them really said it in that way. It was always about like, well, you know, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. But uh, when I read David Bach explaining it that way, something just clicked for me and I just couldn't stop reading after that. Wonderful. Yeah,
0: I have it on my shelf, but I haven't read it yet. So thank you for those recommendations because it's really important to know that the the significance of, of what you'll be able to do in your financial journey will be contingent upon your ability to consume information that's going to help you to understand what shifts you need to make, where you need to focus, how you need to reevaluate and all of that. So just like any other area of our lives, we have to have kind of a strategic plan of understanding how we're going to continue to learn in the area of personal finance. I'm sure you're always looking for more books and podcasts and and information. It's not just, okay, you do something once and then forever, you never you never, right. you never um, take in any, any more in new information. So for anyone listening, I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. And then uh, you said sw- Smart Women Finish Rich by David Bach, was it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Love it. So yes, Mm -hmm. y'all write that down um, and then actually follow through. We're not here you know, on this podcast just giving you lip service um, for fun. The goal is that you take action on the things that we're talking about and that you become more of an active participant in your journey so that you can get results because it's not going to happen by osmosis. Just because we mentioned the book, I Teach you, I'll Teach You to Be Rich, doesn't mean all of a sudden it's downloaded in your brain. You're <laughs> going to have to go and get it, read it, implement the steps. And He literally tells you it's going to take you about this long to do this step, um, which I think is really helpful because then- you don't get discouraged when it does take you an hour or 3 hours to to open up your Roth IRA or whatever he's like warning you ahead of time so you can block off you can block off enough time so you're a part of the great resignation which is such an interesting time to be alive and um, <laughs> experience um and there's so many people who cuz I'm a therapist by trade mm-hmm. and then I'm a money mindset strategist and coach as well and so one of the things that made me transition into focusing on, you know, kind of the bridge between mental health and money was so many of my clients would come into therapy, right? Mm -hmm. And in therapy, they're talking about money and they're talking about work and they're talking about their career and they're talking about um, hating it and not feeling fulfilled and wishing they could do something else, but feeling stuck. So, you know, what is it for you that really helped you to get clarity on Understanding your next step needed to be focusing in this new area that you're in now. Uh,
1: I mean, honestly, if if the Great Resignation wouldn't have happened and and COVID, right, COVID and and BLM and everything that's happened in the last almost two years hadn't happened, I would still very much be in my corporate job because I just never even uh, thought this life could be possible for me. I had no ambitions to be a solopreneur or. Uh, a social media influencer, or any of this stuff. Um, but I mean, for me, uh, I started getting more involved with my community because of the pandemic. I started thinking about these these kids, you know, how they were missing out on their college experience. With, with this pandemic, with the virtual classes and Halloween's canceled and, and all these this, this fun events as a college kid are canceled. So I started getting more involved with mentoring. I've, I've always mentored for the last couple of years, but I hadn't had a chance to mentor with my alma mater because they wanted somebody that was local. And I lived a couple hours away. So obviously with the pandemic, you know, that opened up the doors to, yes, of course, we'll take mentors all from all over the country. So I'm based out of Phoenix. Uh, I went to UC Santa Barbara and I was paired up with With mentees that way, so that really helped to reestablish that connection with my community and uh, remembering, like, wow, I remember, you know, when I was their age, nineteen or twenty, I thought I had the whole world figured out and all I needed was this college degree and everything was just going to work out. And you know, now that it's been ten years since I graduated, I just know that there's so much more to that, especially as a first generation college student, first generation wealth builder. So that it all kind of you know mixed together in me being like, wow, I wish I would have known all these things about money, I wish I would have known all these things about navigating my career. So, that definitely was also a factor in inspiring me to put this content out into the universe. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, ultimately, why did I leave my job? A lot of factors, uh, but I would say the strongest factor would be because um, they wanted us to return to office. And um, I knew that that would mean I would have to go back to a commute and lose a lot of time. And that would mean I'd have to cut back on the first-gen mentor, which is, you know, I was doing educational workshops and my TikTok videos, right? So um, I was also uh, writing a book earlier this year, and I'm like, wow, I'm not gonna make any progress with this book if I go back to my commute so um i definitely did a lot of introspection and consulted with a lot of friends and family just on their thoughts and um to me it just made sense i've never taken a leap like this i've always taken the safe route uh but just after experiencing what we all experienced i'm like right now is the time and the fact that i saw so many people doing pivots that definitely inspired me as well and um, you know, I left in very good standing at my job. I actually was quite happy at my job. I uh, had a great relationship with my boss, was involved in very cool projects. Uh, so I left the door open if I needed to come back. Um, they tried to keep me, they, you know, offered me part-time work and, you know, uh, unpaid leave, you know, so I could take care of some stuff. But I said, no, I just need to kind of jump in with, with both feet, you know? So, um, so that was good for me. That helped with my leap knowing that I could come back if worst case scenario happened. But, now that I've been out of the game for about four months and doing this now, um, I've just seen the possibilities and have met so many amazing people, and I don't plan to go back
0: Wow, I love <laughs> that I love that you you know that you felt um, fulfilled and you you enjoyed the work that you were doing because I think sometimes it's hard to leave when you when you do enjoy what you're doing, you know because it's like, well, why would I do that? I, everything is fine here, and, and then we try to force ourselves to make something work. Um, that that doesn't have to you know um and we cut ourselves off from exploring and and taking the leap like you mentioned and so being able to leave on on good standing which is great it sounds like boosted your confidence a little bit you know when you leaned into doing the first gen mentor so that you can fully immerse yourself in it and it sounds like it's been paying off you know in more ways than than you anticipated originally and that's really exciting
1: yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I felt empowered because like I said, I left in good standing. Um, I, I said I'd love to come back someday just because I was under the impression that I would be back and this would just kind of be like a break that I was going to take. Uh, I also networked beforehand. I went to a couple career fairs, made some connections. They all told me, yeah, we're ready to take you on. So whenever you're ready for an opportunity, you know, give us a call. So that helped me feel if this doesn't work out, I still have my career. I still have my connections. I still have my education. Nobody's taking that away. Um, and what also helped, obviously, was having the means. I had the financial means to, to take a break because I had been saving for quite some time for um, a sabbatical. So for a couple of years, I've been really focused on paying off my debt and saving uh, some money because I had this big dream of, of traveling the world for a year. You know, being one of those people that quits their job and, and childs for a year while they're young. Uh, but, you know, with COVID, obviously, that wasn't going to happen anytime soon. So I instead decided to, to use those funds to start my business.
0: Oh my goodness the power <laughs> of you know living on purpose and getting in control of your financial journey as early as you possibly can, wherever you are, you know, if you're listening, now's the time. Like if you've, if you haven't done it yet, now is, now is the sign that you're looking for to get serious about your journey. And if you've been on it, keep going. Cause it's also challenging when you've been, you know, saving for a long time or focusing on paying down debt and trying to be disciplined and consistent that it can be challenging to, to do that for, years for your whole life you know is the goal that you're able to be focused in your finances to really be able to design the life of your dreams but i'm just thinking you know decisions that you made 12 months 36 months 72 months ago right mm-hmm. are are decisions that have afforded you the opportunities that you have now and the decisions that you make now are going to design the life that you have in the next 12, 36, 72 months. And the same thing happened in my journey where you know, I made a decision to pay off all of my debt because I wanted to be borderline bougie, okay? I wanted to (laughs) shop at Ross, but make it rain when I traveled, you know? So that decision made it so that during the pandemic, I actually became debt-free during the pandemic. I actually made more money than I ever made in my life in 2020 and was able to start a whole nother business in 2020. It was because of decisions made Three years prior, you know, mm-hmm. um, that made that possible, and we don't know what we're preparing for. We don't know what's going to come in the future. Our job is really just to put one foot in front of the other as best we possibly can um, to to be able to withstand whatever might come up, and to be able to do whatever we want how, mm-hmm. how we want um, if we feel like it. You know what I mean? So for you to be able to to do that because you had a position where you could operate in abundance and not be worried financially um and not feel like you have to you have to do this or that um because because the numbers don't work is absolutely phenomenal so i just personally want to give you your flowers because um, <laughs> that's that's i'm sure taking a lot of time and energy and effort for you to make possible in your life and what a great opportunity for you to share for other people to learn how to do it as well. So I would love for you to let us know where everyone can connect
1: with you, what you've got
0: going on and how to stay in
1: contact. Yeah, of course. So uh, I'm most active on TikTok. My handle is at the first gen mentor. I'm also on Instagram. I'm at Gigi, the first gen mentor, and I do one-on-one money coaching. So if you're interested in that, you can visit my website, as well as educational workshops. So I do teach financial literacy and career navigation workshops at universities and nonprofits. And you can reach me at my website, thefirstgenmentor.com.
0: I love it, y'all. Go ahead. Make sure to follow her on all of the platforms because you don't want to miss these gems. You heard her say that she done left a job and they was like, please
1: don't leave. What, what, do, you, <laughs> what do you want? What do they you- actually they actually reached out to me like two days <laughs> ago. <laughs>
0: Right? So clearly, you know, what she is talking about, what she's sharing is powerful because she has evidenced it in her own life. So these are the best people to connect with. I highly suggest going ahead and following the first gen mentor on TikTok, Instagram, go to the site figure something out, send her a DM, stop playing these reindeer games so that you can get your life where you want it to be and have the support so you don't have to be trying to figure it out by yourself. I think that's one of the biggest things is just stop trying to do stuff alone. It is okay to ask for help. It is okay um, to learn from other people and what they've done and actually accelerate your path to success because you can learn from you know all of the things that they've been through and done. So I just truly appreciate you for taking some time to drop some, gems I'm like let me go check out page again let, wait a minute now with all these <laughs> um, and I'm super excited to just watch your journey continue to unfold because it's just the beginning so who knows what things are gonna look like you know for you here soon
1: thank you jassa I appreciate that so much and thanks for having me on the show
0: if you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.